morning. Good morning. How is everyone? Good? Good. Well, let's all stand and let's worship Jesus together this morning. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Search for the light of day in the dead of night. We all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just aren't right. There's a better life. There's a better the world 
can do so much. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your kids all getting up, getting ready to come here to be with you today. Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to fill this place now. Lord Jesus, we need you here. We want you here. We're excited to grow closer to you and to be in your presence, Father. I pray that these offerings that we're giving you right now, coming from deep within our heart, Jesus, that they'll pour out to you and you will be pleased with them and that it'll be a sweet fragrance to you. Be with us this morning, Lord, as we continue to worship you. We love you, Jesus.
could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something
we give you this morning. We give you ourselves, Jesus. And Father, I ask you now to just settle our hearts. Get us ready for your word, Lord. And I pray that this song that we just sang, that you've called us higher. You've called us deeper. Lord, I pray that our hearts will line up with you and that we will go where you ask us to go. Lord, we love you. And we want to grow closer to you and just pull us in, Jesus. Pull us in. Don't let us get any, any further away, Lord. Keep us safe with you. And Father, we thank you for loving us the way that you do. It goes day to day. And sometimes we just take that for granted. I know I'm guilty of that. Jesus, forgive me. I thank you for pushing me through. Thank you for bringing us back here today as brothers and sisters. Lord, I'm grateful for each person here. You treasure them. And you love them and you're working individually in each person's life. Even if they're new and this is the first time they've experienced you here today. You're working. You love them. Don't chase them down because you love them that much. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts are tillable today. I pray that your seeds go into fertile soil you are able to move us, even if we're uncomfortable or if it goes against our plans, because yours is better. And we love you, Father. I pray that we'll show that in our actions, in the time that we spend with you. Lord, I pray that you'll give us time in our schedules that we just are like, oh, I can't wait to get back to you, Jesus. I want to sit with you some more. into this place even more. And I pray that you will lead us this morning, that we will leave here changed. You never leave us, Lord, but that we will leave here changed because we allowed you to change us. We love you, Father, and we give you us in this morning. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Good morning, church. Isn't it good to know that no matter what we've done, no matter who we think we are, He's always calling us deeper. His love is unfathomable because He loves each and every one of us. He wants none of us to be lost. So I've got a few announcements to make. April... 24th from 8.30 to 12, we're having a spring cleanup. So we just need to get as many volunteers as we can if you're, you have the time and you're able. Uh, just bring some uh, rakes, saws, shovels, trash cans, gloves, and, and just meet out right out here with uh, Jim Rumsey. He has all the information up there. And uh, we'll get that going, and we'll get ready for this glorious summer that's coming. Also, May 2nd is going to be a very special service. We're going to call it the Annual Celebration. We haven't really done this before, but it's a, an annual thing that we should do as a Nazarene church, and the staff's going to give reports on all the things that have happened uh, and uh, various things like that. But we're also going to have elections for the board. So we'll be looking at three members, and um, we're going to put that out a little bit more later. And then offerings, if I can get the ushers up here. So 
So there's a, a young man that leads our, our usher team. He's locally licensed, and uh, he's really stepping up to, to take charge and do things around the church. So I'm going to have him come up right now. Come on up, Jack. So I hope you guys know Jack. And uh, Jack, yeah, please. He is really stepping it up. So not just this, but he's also uh, he's going to lead the men's discipleship group on Tuesdays. So he, he, he's really kicking it in gear. So bless him, and we're thankful for all the things the Lord's doing through him. But we're going to have him do the prayer today for the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we get to come together today and worship you. And thank you for just being faithful through all the tough and horrible times in our lives. And I want to take this time to bring up our offerings to you and bless you. And please just use these offerings to build your kingdom in ways we could never imagine. Amen. And then we have, a, I think, a video to play as well for those online or for text to give. Hey there, Justin here, and I wanted to show you one of the easiest ways for you to give to your church. All you got to do, send a text message. Here, I'll show you how I set it up. All I need to do is text an amount to 84321, and a link will be sent back to me. I'll tap on that link. Select my church, add an email address for the receipt, enter in my payment information, and that's it. From now on, when I want to give, I just grab my phone and text an amount. Alright, let's donate $10 now. And that's it. Oh, oh, I added an extra zero. Yeah, I'm going to need to fix that. Um, luckily, I can. Since it's been less than 30 minutes, I just send the word refund and that last donation will be refunded. Whew. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. And there we go. And that, my friends, is how you can give with a text message. Happy giving. Good morning, church. It's good to see you. Glad you are here. For those of you who are online, welcome also. And uh, I would like to just start with a word of prayer as we begin today. And uh, I also want to just tell you as we're praying, remember um, Jeff Slump. Normally he's back here in our audio video. He uh, had surgery probably a little over a month ago. He was planning to be back, but there's been some complications. I know he would really like to be here with us. So uh, please be in prayer for him as we, uh, as we start together. And also, if you think of somebody maybe sitting next to you or in front of you, or you know someone who just is in need of prayer, pray with me for those individuals around us and that God would just speak to us this morning through his word. Lord, today it's our privilege to be here with you. It's our privilege, God, to just uh, hear your voice through the power of your spirit. It's a privilege also to be able to pray for one another. I thank you, God, for each person who is here this day. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless them. May they sense your presence. And I pray, God, that as, uh, as we open your word and as we hear from you, Lord, that we will all be responsive. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you are our healer, that you are our unifier. I pray, God, that you will be with Jeff. Bless him, Lord. I pray that there will be healing there. And for others, God, in our midst, 
who need healing on their physical needs as well as their spiritual needs, Lord. I pray, God, that you will just intervene. We're trusting you no matter what. And Lord, we know that ultimately you heal God and one day that we will be completely whole. But on this side of glory, we ask, Lord, for your touch as well. We pray these things, and together we are seeking you, and we say this in Jesus' name, and together we say, amen, amen, good to see you. Well, this week, actually this past week, um, I don't, has anybody here done a hike called the incline? The management, okay, so some of you are going to understand kind of where I'm going, and, uh, and I'm still a little sore, and I'm not joking about that. Not this past Friday, but the Friday before, uh, we decided for the first hike of the year, that would be a good one. And, uh, and actually, my daughter, uh, we, she has been, since we came here, she said, I want to do, you know, we'll drive up, you know, through the, the pass and all. I want to do that, that incline there. I want to go up that, that mountain. Okay, Kennedy, well, you know, and I keep putting her off. I don't have time. We'll do it some other time. And finally, I was like, yes. So not, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Yep, let's go and do it. So I look it up on my app, and, you know, I've done some other hikes before, and I didn't think it went above strenuous on the level. There is another level on, on, on my app. It's, uh, it is extreme. <laughs> and, and I kind of understood as we began but here's the funny part, is that we parked on, uh, had a, had a uh, parking lot. You have to park in a specific parking lot. It's called Hiawatha Falls. And you park there, and it's kind of what I would consider the east side of town. And, of course, the, man, the incline is on the west side. But they, they have a bus that's going to take you there. So we got there, and we were waiting on the bus. We met some folks from all the flatlands of Wyoming and uh, another individual, and I can't remember, he was from somewhere ways, and uh, we all got on the bus to take us up, up to the base of the incline. We got about to the middle of the shopping district, you know, where that area where, you know, they have all the shops and little eateries and everything, and he turns around, it's like maybe three, three blocks away from where we parked, and he turned around in the roundabout, and he just dropped us off, and I said, why aren't we going up to the, uh, no, there's construction, I can't take you up there. Really? Yeah, I can't take you any further. You'll have to wait if you want me to take you further. Okay, well, here we are. And so I, here we all got off, and we started trekking up from kind of the middle of town up to the top. I got to the base of those steps, and I thought, I'm done. I was already wore out. I, there's no way I'm going to make it, because I'm looking at this huge amount of steps before me, and I thought, and I had in my mind, just know this, I had in my mind, I'm going to make it to the top. Yeah, I'm going to, there's no way I'm going to make it to the top. I put four hours on the toll that, or where we parked at. That's got to be enough time to make it to the top. Well, we, had, we got checked in, and you get there at the base of the steps, and you're looking up at all of this, and there's some signs over here that uh, talk about all the dangers, toils, and snares. And you're getting on to this. You start on, and, and actually, you know, the first part is not, awful it's it's a decent grade but it's not the worst and I thought well yeah I think I'll be okay you know and I get up about I don't know felt like a million steps I think I was at 200 and uh, <laughs> and there's 27 I think 68 or something like that uh total 
I get up to there, I'm like, oh, man, this is starting to get strenuous. And the friends that we made on the bus ride and walking up there, they were already ahead of us. Our daughter Kennedy was out of sight. I didn't even know where she was. She was up there somewhere. And, uh, but the, the steps were just filled just with people. It wasn't as bad as probably it normally is because you have to take, make reservations. But all kinds of people. And, you know, when I could catch my breath, I would say sentences in two words, kind of, you know, syllables, you know, just, hi, how are you? You know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and but, but we were going up and, and uh, people from all different ages, all different backgrounds. We met somebody from England there and, uh, and then, you know, different states across the country. And, uh, but it was, it was interesting. We were all headed and we all had our sights on that summit. And so it took a long time, but I made it to the, about what they were they considered kind of the halfway point. It was the 1800th step. It looked like I was on top of the world, but I still had a long ways to go. And Jackie's even ahead of me. I'm just, you know, so. And Kennedy, I think it's about when we got to the halfway point, she's texting us, where are you guys at? Because she's already at the top. And... And that's the last bailout point. Now, there's these places along the, if you've not been there before, along these, this incline where you can bail out. There's a, there's a trail to the left normally, but there's some to the right, but normally to the left, and you can, you can just kind of say, yeah, had enough. And every time I would pass one of those, normally I would stop to try to get my heart rate down from 220, but, uh, but we, I would stop and get it down a bit, and, and I would think I could just bail out right here, you know, I could just... This, you know, we could just go this direction and look up. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And so we keep going. At 1800, there's even benches there. And I made a mistake. I shouldn't have sat on a bench. But I sat on a bench, and the view was wonderful. I could have sat there the rest of the day. The friends of ours that we made from Wyoming, <clears throat> they were coming back down the steps. And they sat, we're like, hey, is everything all right? Yeah, you know, it's getting cold up here. I said, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're up a little ways now from where we were down there. Well, we took off clothing as we were coming up the trail, and we stashed it in different places. And we realized this isn't an up and back. This is supposed to be a loop. we got to go back and get our clothes. <laughs> and, I mean, they were clothes. You know, they have like a T-shirt and shorts on. But, but, you know, they, I was like, well, that's an interesting way to do it. But anyway, you know, it takes all kinds. And uh, so they're heading back down, and there's folks. And, and at that 1800 point, I thought, I have a decision to make. Jackie and I were looking at each other. What are we going to do? And we're literally standing there looking, and I mean, it looks like this. I think it is like this. But anyway, it, and I'm looking up those steps, and I said, we made it this far. Let's keep on going. Let's, let's keep on moving. And why not? So we started up the steps again and at that point there was one point I can't remember exactly where where you where I anyway maybe maybe nobody else did but I was actually holding on to the steps in front of me you know like this more like a ladder than it was like actual steps and people were coming down from the top you're not supposed to come back down but they were coming down and and I and we hit this one place and it's called the false summit it's a really bad joke you get you get there and you think I've, I've made it I I can't even see the bottom now. And then you turn around. No, I haven't. I have another 800 or so steps to go. And I'm thinking, oh, my 
goodness. Okay, you know, it's another just, well, I'm stuck now. I can't, there's no bailout point. There's no nothing else. I'm just, I got to keep on going. We'll just keep on going. So here we go. Jackie's way ahead of me, laughing at me the whole way, jumping up and down. And No, she's, they're in the nursery, so I can say whatever I want. Anyway, so, uh, so we, we, we continue, or I continue on, and, and as the people were coming down, you know, they were like, they were, not, you know, some people were really encouraging, you know, just, hey, good job, keep it up, and, and uh, some people were not so encouraging. Uh, I got to about the halfway point between the fall summit, what I thought was the actual summit, and I talked to this one you know, young lady, and she, I said, is that the real summit there? No, that's not the real summit. Uh, they told me that too, and it was just a lie. And I was like, it was the real summit. She lied to me right on the trail. Anyway, and so, because I went from, you know, first gear to granny gear at that point. I'm just like, ugh. And so we, <clears throat> we got to the next level, and, and finally, uh, near as I'm nearing the top, one guy was off to my left. I didn't know it was the top. I thought it might be the fall summit because, you know. And, uh, and this guy, he must have been all of 75 at least. And he's working on the trail. He's doing trail maintenance. He looks at me, and you know something's not right when he looks at me and he says, need a bottle of water? <laughs> and so I said, yes, uh, my wife actually does. <laughs> and, and it was the truth. She did. She had ran out of water. I still had about half on my, my water bottle. But anyway, we were moving up that trail, and finally I got to the real summit. It wasn't the fall summit another false summit and suddenly we got there to the top and and there was a whole bunch of people up there some just kind of hanging around taking pictures enjoying it it was just a beautiful time together we um hey good job i mean people i didn't even know were congratulating each other you know on making it to the top of this manitou incline it was a great experience and though it took me two hours it took my daughter one hour it took me two hours the time, but I told her I'm more than three times your age, so uh, I still feel pretty good about that. Um, <laughs> but we enjoyed every bit of it, and we made memories, and it was good. And all of these different people from all these different backgrounds, different colors of skin, and everything else, we got up to the top, and we were like, oh, we made it. What a beautiful experience. I I share that with you because I, I think as I open our portion of scripture today that I was thinking of the disciples. I think that as they were journeying with Jesus over these three years that there had to, they had to feel like they were on an incline. You know, just a, a continual just climb. You know, that things are just going to be, uh, things are just kind of, confusing at times and maybe uh, up in the air sometimes and sometimes they may have thought you know what I just think maybe you know time time it's time for me to bail out I'm just going to go back to fishing or I'm going to do this or do that or the other but they continued on pressing in with Jesus what an amazing beautiful thing and in Acts chapter 1 if you want to turn there with me Acts chapter 1 verse 1 um, it 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 begins with these words, and just give me, let me give you a little bit of background. Acts is actually written by Luke, who also we know of as one of the Gospels, um, who wrote one of the Gospels. But Luke, um, he was unique in, in regards to how he, he approached Scripture. He was a physician, 
And so he looks at Scripture differently than maybe you or I would. As a matter of fact, I feel like he, in his gospel, as well as in Acts, kind of gives with surgical precision an understanding that we serve a God who can take any situation and heal it and bring about wholeness and bring about health. And our God is the one, the only one, that can bring about a unifying healing balm. So he approaches scripture a little bit differently. And he begins with these words, he, uh, but, but I, I want you to hear this first before we start in verse 1, that the one, our God, who gives temporary healing, and he does, we thank God for the healing he gives us here on earth, the days that he gives us. But the one who gives us temporary healing here on earth is also the one who gives us eternal healing in heaven. It will be worth it all. There's a song that says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Acts 1.1. It says there in my former book, so he's referring, we believe, to Luke, the gospel, Theophilus. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to ask you this morning, uh, just a question. Maybe you want to ask the person who's sitting next to you, um, but I'm asking you, are you a friend of God? Are you a friend of God? You can just bob your head. Yes, I'm a friend of God. Yes, that's me. Yes. And you can tell your neighbor, I am a friend of God. Then this book is for you because Theophilus means friend of God. And I'm assuming that Theophilus was an actual person, but I don't know that maybe it was a mistake or an accident that this name was placed in there that means friend of God because this word is for every friend of God. And it's for those who are yet to come to be a friend as well. But I want to remind you today, this word is specifically for you. It says there in my previous, excuse me, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And we know that Luke, this physician, he, he points us to the healer, our Lord Jesus. And he says, in, it says there in verse 2, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen that after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs he was alive. I mean, could you imagine that after, I mean, I just, it's hard for me, and I tried as I was uh, reading this and preparing to put my mind in the mindset of these disciples because they had been following Jesus for all this time. They had this sense of expectation of what they wanted to see Jesus do. They had an agenda in their own mind about what this was going to look like when the kingdom came. And really, honestly, some of the things that Jesus said, it just went right over their head. They never even processed it or understood it, even till this moment. But it says here that after his suffering, he presented himself to them. Could you imagine all that they went through, all of the hurt, all of the pain, seeing Jesus die on the cross, 
and he was put into a grave. Now he's back. He's alive. He's resurrected. And I mean, their world, could you imagine how much it had just completely turned just somersaults as they were walking and journeying with Jesus? But he appeared to them, it says, over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, this is important because, you see, he had given them many talks. You can go back to the Gospels, many speeches, many sermons that in regards to the kingdom of God. We know that this was extremely important to them, that this kingdom and whatever you are finding yourself in right now, whatever pain, whatever suffering, whatever hurt, whatever, all of that, it's nothing compared to the kingdom of God. Nothing. So, he talks to them about the kingdom more and more. And it says on one occasion while he was eating with them, he, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now you would assume when you read that that they're going to be just, their, their memories are going to be jogging. They're going to know exactly what Jesus is speaking about right there. But then in verse 5 it says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, and this is a, an appalling question, because think about all that he just said, all he's been talking about for these 40 days. And the disciples asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It, it's as if they just kind of missed the point of all that he was saying, all the things that he had talked about before his death, and, and they still had not been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't still have, uh, they still didn't have spiritual eyes to begin to see the bigger picture of what Jesus was trying to get across to them. And I'm reminded as I as I read that. That we need to ask God, at least I need to ask God, when every circumstance of life hits, where every situation we find ourselves in with our family, with our, with our friends, God, give me spiritual eyes to see this. God, help me to see these things through the lens of who you are, Jesus. Help me to read and love people through the lens of Jesus. Uh, because sometimes, and maybe I'm the worst, but Sometimes things just will go over my head. I don't know if you've been there or not before. And Jesus is, he, he is so patient, so gracious. Yes, he's to the point, but he still loved them right where they were in the midst of this. He said to them, in verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. He knew exactly where they were going with this thought. They wanted to see, okay, we've gone through all of this pain. We have been on this incline of faith for years. We have been hurting. We have been suffering. We've seen you die on the cross. Our hearts have completely been broken. We've completely been confused. And then you come back and you've been resurrected and all these good things are happening right around us. And now is now the time, Jesus, that you're going to kick the authorities out of Jerusalem, that you're going to move Rome out of their place, and you're going to set up a new kingdom here and now for us. Is it going to happen, Jesus? And he's like, what you're talking about does not matter. It's not for you to know. That's not, that's just not, it's, it's Jesus' way of saying, uh, 
you are taking this grand adventure or missing the point, my disciple. <laughs> and, and, and then, as if he hasn't said it already, and he has over and over and over, Jesus has said this, but he says in the next verse, and you can maybe underline this. This is a good one to underline if you have your Bible or highlight on your, on your tablet or whatever else. But you will receive power. Now that's what matters. Don't worry about the power structure that you see happening on the earth. Don't worry about the upheaval of your culture. Don't worry about all of these other crazy things that are happening here. I'm going to tell you something Jesus is saying. I'm going to tell you that real power is going to come upon you and in you. This is good news for them. I don't know that they quite got it even at this point, but this is amazing news. But you will receive power, and you can't make it any clearer, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I just want you to just take a moment and just soak that in. Because you are a friend of God, right? You, when you ask the Lord into your heart, whether you realize it or recognize it, I'm 99% sure you recognize it, that you receive power. Things began to look differently. You began to see people in a different light and in a different way. The power of God came upon you but it's not just a simple thing it's not just a one-time dose it's just a dose that continues to pour out that continues to give that continues to grow as you progress in your salvation and sanctification but he doesn't stop there he says you're going to receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and then he says this and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And believe it or not, we were beyond the ends of the earth in their thinking at that time. <laughs> we weren't even on the map. But guess what? We were on Jesus' map. Even here, in what is now known as Colorado. I, I see that sentence, you will be my witnesses. And I think to myself, back to that incline, when we were walking up that step, um, you know, I was hoping it would be the stairway to heaven, but it didn't go the whole way there. And there was no music playing in the background for some of you that are already going there. Anyway, it was, <laughs> it was but you're, you're walking up, and, and every person was communicating a message on those steps. Every one of them. And I was out of breath, I was struggling, I was at some points cold, at some points too hot, but I could see it even with my mind racing and my, my heart beating you know, in my head. I could see that every person, the people who were still taking a step, they were making a statement. I'm not giving up. The people who were coming back down, <laughs> they were making a statement too. I made a mistake. I, I, I got to re-coordinate here. We left stashes of clothes over there in the bushes or whatever. Um, our coats were over there. And, and there were people who were encouraging along the way. And they were saying encouraging words to others as they passed you and left you in their dust. <laughs> there were people who were complaining. They're like, oh, I can't believe how much longer is it going to be? And uh, there were people 
who were rejoicing in just the beauty of the opportunity. Every person on that incline was making a statement. Even if they weren't saying anything at all. And I think to myself as I read this portion of scripture, you will be my witnesses. I have to ask myself, I'm asking you as your pastor, what witness are you being? Because people as they're looking at you, they, they are seeing, they are They are taking an assessment. Even if you're not speaking, I believe that God can even work through you in your actions. And you use your words when need be. After he said this in verse 9, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Could you imagine, here we go again. Could you imagine what they're thinking? Here we go. We lost you once, Jesus. I don't want to lose you again. I can just imagine their hearts. They thought that they had made it. They thought that Jesus had come back to stay. We're going to get what we wanted over here. Are you going to just bring a new kingdom, a new order, everything else? And it was a false summit. (laughs) They thought that they had it. They thought they had they had arrived, and, and they hadn't. And you know in that moment that along this incline of faith that they had the tempter whispering in their ears as they're watching Jesus go away and they're thinking about all these things he said and how is it really, what is he really trying to say? Why is he going again? Is he coming back tomorrow? I don't know. And, and, and there's all the confusion, there's all the concern maybe heartache and uh, grief mixed in as they watch him ascend into heaven. And you got to know that I'm sure, I believe anyway, that the tempter was whispering in their ear things like, uh, just, just give up. This isn't, get, this, this Jesus, he's leaving you again. You know, and he just pushed their buttons when they thought that they had arrived, but it was a false summit. Like that individual saying, Oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's not the real summit. You know, the tempter will come in and say, Ah, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be it. You're not good enough. But Jesus is consistently through the power that he promised, reminding us that you are not only a friend of God, but you are a child of God, and there is power available to you. If you will tap into it, you can take one more step. They were looking intently up, it says in verse 10. They were looking into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. And they talked to them in verse 11. It says, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And they had a decision time. They had a decision. This was a moment of decision for these disciples. It was a moment for every person who called themselves a follower of God. Just like on the incline, you had three choices. You could say when there was a bailout point, I'm bailing out. You could say, oh, I'm turning back. Or you can say, I'm pressing on towards the goal. These disciples had to determine right then and there, what are we going to do? And they decided, we're pressing on. We're pressing on. There's a song that 
I was singing, and some of you won't even know the song, but it goes, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. And I can't remember the rest of it, but I'm pressing on to higher ground. And so anyway, <laughs> Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. It was kind of a, uh, a little bit of a rally cry for me in my heart. Nobody else heard me singing because I couldn't have sung if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> yes, some of you get that. Um, but anyway, I, I, they had that decision to make. Am I going to press on the upward way? Am I going to continue with new heights every day? Am I going to look on towards where God has put, what God has provided for us and has waiting for us every day at every summit? Well, they decided to press on. And I have to imagine that their minds were remembering to things that Jesus told them. Remember, he said, that you need to wait. And he reminded them where they needed to go. He said, here's what you need to do. And so it says in verse 12 that they decided the, the choice of number three to press on. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. It was a Sabbath day walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. And I think of this group, and just think with me, you've probably read all, if not most, of the Gospels, and think about these men. They're just ordinary guys. Simon, he was uh, also known as Peter. He was a fisherman. He was a man of extremes. We know that. Uh, he can sometimes be swayed from one position quickly. He was impulsive. He was a fierce defender of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who immediately chopped off ears and took names while Jesus healed and <laughs> Andrew, he followed Jesus first. He was the first one to say, you know what, Jesus, I, I'm all in. Then he brought his brother Peter to Jesus. Andrew was just a fisherman, though. James and John were also fishermen. Uh, they, these two men were a fiery personality. They were very boisterous, it was said. And they were called by Jesus the sons of thunder. Before there was ever a motorcycle gang called the sons of thunder, we had our disciples. We are the originals. And so <laughs> you could probably hear them before they even entered the room. Philip lived in the same town as Peter and Andrew, and he introduced Nathaniel to Jesus. And, and here's the interesting thing about Philip. When he was introduced, or excuse me, when, when he was faced with, with the feeding of the 5,000, he was the one that was like, oh, Lord, I don't think you can do this. He lacked this trust in Jesus. And he told Jesus, he informed Jesus. It was kind of funny as you read that story. He was informing Jesus, there's no way that we can find enough money to buy enough bread to feed all these people. And Jesus once again took our common logic and said, um, step aside. 
Philip is just a common guy. Bartholomew uh, was also named Nathaniel. He was a very bold man. He was told that he was one who always spoke his mind. And when he first heard of Jesus, Bartholomew asked Philip, and you remember this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> can anything good happen from this dirty old town? Jesus once, said, once again said, step aside, let me show you the good that can come from a Nazarene. <laughs> Matthew was a tax collector. He was the type of person who was hated. And when Jesus called him, he made an immediate decision. He left his lucrative business, and he said, I'm going to leave it all to follow you, Jesus. Thomas, he will be forever known as Doubting Thomas. You and I both know him as that, because he didn't immediately believe when Jesus shows his body at the resurrection. He was known as someone who experienced this roller coaster of emotions. That was our, our disciple, Thomas. James, the son of Alphaeus, was also known as James the Less, and... Uh, he, he may have been less in his faith. We're not sure. Some people think they may have said less because of his stature. Simon, who was called the Zealot, was a former member of a terrorist group that spread rebellion against the Roman government. He was struggling with his nationalist tendencies. Judas, the son of James, was also called Thaddeus, and this Judas wanted Jesus to be more public. He wanted him to be in the limelight. He did not appreciate how content Jesus seemed to be to be behind the scenes and to work behind the scenes. He wanted him on the front page every day. And Judas Iscariot, who we know as the traitor, believe it or not, I think he had a good heart. I think he, he believed in Jesus, but he couldn't get past his own agenda. His agenda came first. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed him. Thomas doubted. At the cross, every disciple, all the followers, they deserted him. They fled. They didn't start out very well. But guess what? Our disciples, those first men who followed, they ended strong. James was martyred in the streets of Jerusalem in 45 AD. Matthew gave up his financial uh, security to follow Jesus, but then he went and to Ethiopia to share the gospel. He was killed there, uh, it is said, by a sword. Philip was born in a little city called Bethsaida, which means the house of the fisher, but he went fishing and hunting for men after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was hanged in Phrygia. Bartholomew was skinned alive in Armenia near the present-day town of Durban in Soviet Union. And, uh, Andrew took the gospel to Russia. He's known in some circles as the patron saint of Russia. He was crucified in Greece. Thomas, who was so often criticized for his doubt, left no doubt that his loyalty was to Jesus Christ, his Savior. He carried the gospel to East India, where he was run through with a lance. Thaddeus was killed by arrows in what is present-day Beirut, Lebanon. Simon the Zealot was a member of the Jewish Nationalistic Party ready to die for his country against the hated Romans, but instead he was crucified in what is modern-day Iran. Peter got as far as Rome, where he too was crucified. At his request, he asked to be hung upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy 
to die right side up as Jesus as Lord did and John died in his 90s exiled on the Isle of Patmos after writing the Gospel of John three epistles and Revelation what an amazing assortment of individuals just that it speak of them all these different folks different personalities different backgrounds <laughs> different thoughts they were all walking this incline of faith with Jesus. Just like you and me, right? Here in our church, we have Democrats and Republicans and nationalists and rednecks, or at least one redneck anyway, and, and you know, white collars, blue collars, veterans, and mothers, fathers, singles, widows, widowers, and Germans and Jews and Gentiles and and I could go on and I could go on and I could go on But the point is this we're here together pressing on the upward way to one thing and one thing alone And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen That's who we're about. That's why we are here Amen I want you to know that no matter what color your skin, what your background is, I mean, and, and you know, we see so much political and racial uh, d divide and, and, and unrest, and I'm telling you, I believe, I believe, and I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe this 100% with all of my heart, is that the reason why there's so much division, there's so much hurt, and there's so much pain, and there's so much uh, segment, segments, so many different factions and segments in our society, is because Jesus is no longer our center. And at times we see all these different things that try to slip in. I was reading about a shooting that happened in Nebraska um, in, a, in a mall, and it, immediately they got it taken care of and got things, you know, kind of moved. And they told everybody, just go ahead and continue shopping. <laughs> shopping is not the answer. Even if we weren't about Jesus, I can still tell you as a man, shopping is not the answer. But anyway, uh, but the answer should have been, folks, over the intercom, we need Jesus here. We need a little bit of healing from the one, only one, who can bring healing to this situation. We are at our best, church, when all of us press on to higher ground together to be like Jesus. That's when we're at our best. When we're all trying to be like Jesus and nothing else, that's when we're at our best. Uh, some you know, let's say, well, I, I, you know, I'm not happy about what's happening here, or I'm not happy what's happening about in our world, or I, you know, I'm not happy about this, or you know what, the ones that I struggle with the most but I couldn't say anything about it I think God has a way of making it so we're so busy and maybe we're so uh, you know stretched at times that we just can't keep our mouth shut because we don't have the oxygen to say anything but but here's the thing is that I, I believe that when we are pressing on towards one goal of Jesus we're at our best and that's what we find here I mean I'm reminded of there's a verse in Philippians 2, I don't remember it exactly, but it says, do everything without complaining and without arguing uh, so that uh, you will be children of light in a dark and, and perverse world. I'm reminded also 
that for us to really press on, it has to happen as we first come together united in this one thing. Look at verse 14 with me. It says there, all, this, all these people with all these different backgrounds, with all these different opinions, with all these different personalities, joined together for one thing, seeking Jesus in prayer. It says there they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Think about this with me for just a moment. I think there's more than here than just one verse. I think that there is a key for each one of us as Christians. We join together in Jesus in prayer. And, and here's the thing is that we all like to talk about the power. You know, we all love to talk about what Jesus says. Well, power is going to come upon you. I mean, we understand that the disciples, you know, with all of their tendencies and agendas, they just didn't understand. But we understand we want power. But here's the thing. Before the power, there must be prayer. Oh, amen. Before the power, there must be prayer. And we see where the power comes in the next chapter. And it's a beautiful thing. But here's the beautiful thing in verse or chapter one is all of these people with all of these backgrounds, with all of these personalities, with all of these different thoughts, they came together. They just laid them down and they prayed. What a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's still a beautiful thing today. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it tells us there, rejoice always. Well, when we're on this incline of faith, just like when I was on the Manitou incline, it wasn't always on the top of my mind to rejoice, but rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. That's one verse, two words. You can memorize that today. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Christ Jesus. So as we close today, I want to ask you, church body, would you join me in just in this prayer together? I, I looked around and with all the different backgrounds and circumstances and everybody here has a story and I get that. But believe it or not, I I love you for who you are uh, and because Jesus loves you. That's the most important thing is that Jesus loves us. Um, so today, if we could just stand together and I'm going to ask the worship team if they would just come on up. I'd just like to ask you to stand. And uh, I know we have, well, I've heard that maybe we, we don't, but, but I'm not even going to go there yet, but uh, we'll, we'll make announcements as we need to. But uh, I know we have the COVID restrictions and all, but if you may feel comfortable, I just would like to ask that maybe um, you may join hands or, or just join hearts with the person next to you, and, and let's pray together. And we're going to start 
in prayer and a song, but But I want you to remind you want to remind you, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are working and walking on this upward way together. And as your pastor, I'm going to tell you there is one goal, and there is one goal alone, and that one goal is Jesus Christ. He's our one goal. He's our one hope. He's our one aim. He's our one source of truth. He's the one and only that who can save. He's the only that can heal. And so today, if you would just gather together, and if you don't feel comfortable joining hands, I understand, but pray for that person next to you and join hearts. And uh, um, I'm going to start with a short prayer, and then I want us to sing this song together, and I want you to sing it with all of your heart, uh, even in the middle of the incline of faith. Lord Jesus, today... Thank you for just imparting your word on us. Thank you for the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit that's upon us, that's moving in us and through us. Thank you, God, that you are the one who unites us in one purpose and in one cause. And may we truly be your greatest, your greatest defenders, your greatest, uh, may our greatest desire, Lord, be to be like you, at least. You don't need us to defend you. Just help us to be more like you. We pray these things and we ask God that as we're singing the words of this song that you would just kind of just wash over us in a way that, that only you can. We're asking for your presence to just fill us through and through. We want that power, but Lord, we know we also have to have be in prayer. So today we pray first and we're asking for the power, Lord, to follow in Jesus' name. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something
step with me? Will you just say, yep, I'm, I'm heading towards Jesus no matter what. And, uh, and you, you know what? Sometimes you'll look over at me and I'll be out of breath and I'll look over at you and you'll be sweating and wondering what in the world am I doing on this trail and on this incline of faith? And will we commit to when we have the opportunity and we have enough oxygen left in our tank that we would say, let's keep on keeping on. And even when you can't talk, let your actions speak by taking another step. Amen? All right. Can we do that together? God bless you. You're loved by God. We have a plan. We have a purpose. We have a mission. We love God. We love others. We make disciples. I ask, take another step today in our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear God, as we come to a close this morning, hearing from your word and we're hearing your power and your strength we're sensing it just flowing in us and through us i ask god today that you will speak through us that you will use your power to make us go to places and take a step that we normally wouldn't take on our own lord may you help us to go into the highways and byways and may you help us god to be encouragers help us lord to look very different from this world and be people of light people who bring good into dark situations god by the power and presence of who you are i pray god myself and for every person here the continual transformation of our lives into the likeness of you are jesus christ and together we pray these things because we are all after you we are all seeking you lord the one and only our lord jesus christ and together united in agreement we say amen amen god bless you you are dismissed in the grace and love of our lord jesus christ today